Welcome to our series on leveraging the cloud to ensure mission resilience, underwritten by Splunk. I'm Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're looking at the changing role of the CIO in the public sector. Joining us today is Juliana Vita, Group Vice President, Chief Strategic Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. Juliana has a storied career, having served nearly 28 years in the Navy, rising to the rank of commander, and then serving as Deputy Chief Information Officer at the Pentagon. She subsequently worked as a Senior Executive at Gartner before joining Splunk in 2019. Juliana, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the program. Thanks, Wyatt. It is always a pleasure to chat with you. Juliana, first, let's set the stage. I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and how you rose up to become a chief information officer. I think like many of your listeners, I will say that my career has been more of a more of a jungle gym than a ladder, as it was traditionally referred to. For me specifically, I did a full career in the Navy having nothing to do with technology except being a user. I drove ships for four years as a naval officer, and then I flew helicopters for about 11 years. And honestly, just by chance, when I was assigned to the Pentagon, when I became a commander, as many military officers are, to take roles in an executive assistant capacity for the senior leaders in the Pentagon, the flag and general officers and civilian senior executives. And when it was my turn to roll to the Pentagon, I was assigned to be the executive assistant to the chief information officer's office. Now, at the time, I didn't even know what a CIO was, quite frankly, or that the Navy had one or what that person did. Because from a tactical perspective, being in the operational side of the of the Navy, it just wasn't part of my world. So I go to the Pentagon having really no idea, <laughs> number one, about the job ahead of me or the, the functional expertise of the CIO. And what I found was it was really a combination of not super high on the technology, but a lot having to do with writing policy and building relationships and providing governance for the United States Navy. And as it turned out, I was pretty good at that. I'm a, a people person. I enjoy making connections with people. And I learned that by being curious and asking questions and opening myself up to learning from other people, that made me a valuable resource on the CIO's staff. So I would take in information, I would share information and make a long story short, I did that for three years in uniform before I retired. And when I retired, they recognized that I brought a lot of value to the team in being a good collaborator and someone who could learn quickly. And Right after I retired, I was hired into a GS-15 role to be the deputy CIO. And there was luck involved, there was timing involved, but I think there was a lot of hard work involved too. And I think that applies to a lot of your listeners these days. We're all having to adjust to new ways of working, new roles that exist today that didn't exist five years ago or 10 years ago. And I've been very fortunate that that was the way I pivoted into technology. Love hearing that journey. So speaking of roles, I want to talk a little more about the changing role of the CIO, particularly in the public sector. Talk to us a little bit about how you see a CIO's role today in the public sector being far more than just about the technology. Sure. Like many roles in many business functions, the pandemic certainly did accelerate this change from a CIO being more of a business leader, less of a technology leader. But I would argue that that was happening before the pandemic. Before I worked at Splunk, I worked at Gartner and I was advising chief information officers across the federal government. And I recall having this conversation with them. And that was four, five, six years ago. But 
the pandemic came and it was an accelerant. It took what a lot of people might have been thinking about or had plans about on the shelf and put them front and center in front of leadership saying, you've got to execute on this now. So this evolving role of the CIO, I would put in that same bucket. Because the world basically overnight had to switch to remote work that we're all used to now and leveraging technology in a way that particularly in the federal government, just wasn't really widely adopted in in terms of trusting workers to use it responsibly at home, et cetera. The role of the CIO has had that same metamorphosis. And I would say it's a very good thing. It's a welcome change that CIOs have been wanting for a really long time, a seat at the table, a strong voice in conversations across agencies that get beyond the bits and bytes inside the network operations center or the help desk and get towards the more strategic impacts of the organization right up there with their functional component leaders. Like for the DOD, for example, the CIO has traditionally wanted a louder voice at the table when talking with those who are fighting for budget for things like ships and aircraft and submarines. So now the CIO truly does have that voice and is sitting at that table. Unfortunately for some leaders, Wyatt, it hasn't been really embraced. I think some leaders, some CIOs would like it to go back to the way it was and they want to be known as more of technologists. But again, back to the all the pros and cons that come from the pandemic, this is a choice now for CIOs and IT leaders to decide. Do they want to evolve into this new role as being quasi chief operating officers or do they not? It's a choice at this point. And What I see across the federal government is those leaders who are truly innovative and thinking about what this digital revolution means for our nation, for the world, they do want to keep evolving. And it's okay for those CIOs who might prefer to go back to a more technical role. So it's a time of of choice. It's a time of options. And it's a time for innovation to take hold. And um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, There'll be a lot of opportunities for people to take one way or the other. Absolutely. What's your advice to CIOs that continue to find it challenging having a seat at the table and be heard to better support the mission of organizations? I would say in general, of course, every CIO and every organization is different, but people who are having a hard time getting a seat at the table, having their voice heard, I would argue need to look at themselves and their teams at how they are communicating their value to others. I love, I love a good story not only because I personally enjoy them, but that's how human beings learn. That's how we learn from each other. That's how we you know, pass down information from generations. And I would argue that if leaders are having a hard time making an impact with others, if they're not really being heard, it's probably because they're not communicating in a way that others are able and willing to listen. And that's where I say, go back to telling stories. If you're in the USDA, for example, you should be talking about how you bring value to ranchers and farmers. If you are in the FDA, you should be talking about bringing value to food safety and certifications, et cetera. I remember when I was advising clients at Gartner, I had one client. She was an army colonel and she had responsibility for some army installations, some bases. And she showed me this presentation she was planning to give in the Pentagon to a group of budget decision makers. And I had to be really careful in my feedback to her. She was a technical leader and she was trying to get money and argue for budget. 
But her presentation had all these like technology stack diagrams and pictures of the data center and pictures of ones and zeros. And I said to her, you're going in to talk to a bunch of army leaders, correct? And they come from the warfighting operational organizational side of the army, correct? Yes. I said, your slides need to have pictures of tanks on them. <laughs> they need to show pictures that the rest of the army will visually see matters to them as army soldiers and warfighters. And if you don't, I don't think you should be surprised if they're not listening to you. You know, you have to be relevant in terms that they can understand. And her eyes kind of lit up and she was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And so that's just one little vignette to kind of exemplify what I mean and what other people mean in telling a story that resonates. Because at the end of the day, having your voice heard and being influential with others is all about making relationships and being trusted and being relevant. And using stories and vignettes and examples is a great way for leaders to do that. I also want to point out, there's a book that a lot of leaders have read, and it's not about technology, but it's about leadership. And it's what got you here won't get you there. What got technical CIOs into the role that they're in today are not the skills that are going to continue to make them relevant as true C-suite leaders at the boardroom table. For leaders who, who want to find themselves in an influential place, they're going to have to look at themselves and what skills they might be missing and what, what skills their teams might be missing and either change them or accept the fact that they won't have a strong voice at the C-suite table. Well, that's a great story and a great example of how to operate as a CIO. Lastly, you know, in the private sector, CIOs have really become critical partners to the CEO, particularly as organizations are really trying to digitally transform. So it's not just bringing technical know-how and policy advice. It's really sharing that vision as well about mm -hmm. what an organization can become digitally. What's your advice for how CIOs can work more effectively in moving that vision forward? I think the time is perfect right now with the pandemic and with, I'll say, the average American, the average citizen recognizing the value of the technology that they have at their fingertips. People now have that experience in their hands in a way that maybe they didn't in the past. And so the time is right for CIOs to be able to use that awareness and personal interaction with technology that everyone has a shared experience with today and leverage that with the CEO or with, with other business leaders to talk about, this is why investments in technology are important. If we don't continue to invest in these innovative, rapidly evolving technologies, our organization will be stuck in the past. We won't be able to move forward. And again, I go back to, it's a shared experience. We all realize the value of being able to perhaps have a hybrid work environment or work wherever and whenever we want, whatever language you want to use. People have more flexibility today than they did before the pandemic. And that is because of technology. So uh, CIOs can point directly to their smartphone and say, look, fellow business leaders, if it weren't for the applications on this phone, think about how you use this in your personal life. As a user of a, of a smartphone, I'm probably not thinking about Oh, that application that I used for a ride to get a ride yesterday to the airport, boy, that had uh, that had a technical upgrade yesterday. Wow, that's really interesting. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about how it helps me manage my life. Oops, if I forgot to call a taxi, I can always go to my app and and still get to the airport on time. I'm managing my life because of this evolved cloud-based modern technology I'm holding in my hands and that's like managing your business. If you leverage the commercially available, secure, approved, certified 
technologies that are available, you can manage your business or your organization in a more effective way. And dare I say, even make it more enjoyable for your stakeholders to engage with you. Organizations that have web-based portals that are easy to use and that work and that are responsive, those organizations are going to have a a better reputation with their customers and stakeholders. They're going to be places people want to work. They're going to be places people want to continue working, places that the youth of today are looking at. I, I want to go there because they have cool tech that's really delivering a cool mission to Americans, to citizens here in this country. There's so much around us right now for CIOs to dig their teeth in and say, just look at these examples in our real world and continue to invest in those technologies to drive the results that not only CIOs want, but that agency leaders want, that that secretaries of agencies are talking about, that the administration at the, at the very top levels are talking about. Now is the time to do that. Well, if there's anything that's totally clear from this discussion is that it's truly an exciting time to be a CIO in the public sector. And uh, Juliana Vida, I thank you so much for joining us for a few minutes here to talk about how that role is changing and why it's important to the public sector leadership in this country. So thanks for being with us. It's been my pleasure, Wyatt. Thank you. And look for more on our series on leveraging the cloud to ensure mission resilience underwritten by Splunk. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.